Shalom, everyone. It's time for Ancient Jewish Wisdom for a Modern World that will change your thinking and change your life. Welcome to the Dust of the Rabbi podcast with Rabbi Brian Baruch Belechi. Shalom, everyone. This is Rabbi Brian. So glad you've joined us for another episode, episode number 12 of the Dust of the Rabbi podcast. And we are excited about another Q&A we're going to have. Really, it just picks up what we left off in episode number 11. Here we are in episode number 12, and we're asking the question, what does it mean to be a follower of the way? And this was really powerful as we talked about the Apostle Paul and how he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, because we found out to be dusty from the dust of the rabbi, you have to sit at these Torah scholars' feet and become dusty with the dust of their feet, drink in their words with thirst, and that is the way of discipleship. This is the way of the Master. This is the way of the Messiah. And we found out to sit at one's feet is a place of learning, but to walk in their footsteps is a place of applying what you've learned. And so Paul the Apostle not only sat at the feet of Gamaliel, this famous Torah teacher, this grandson of Rabbi Hillel, but he himself had to walk out his faith, not only to defend the faith of the Pharisees, but later he became a follower of Yeshua himself, a follower of the way. So we're glad you've been listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other platforms, or you've been watching on the YouTube podcast, and we're just grateful that you've been joining us and listening with us, because we really believe this is a place for you to listen and learn and to grow as a disciple. We're so excited you've joined us, so we're going to jump into our question of the day. What does it mean to be a follower of the way? So I'm going to actually take you to a famous text that we believe that the disciples were drawing from, and that's in John chapter 14, verse 1. You might be familiar with this passage where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 1 kind of sets its story in the Passover that Jesus is having with his disciples. You can see this in John 12 through 13, and now we're at 14. 14 is where he's telling them that they don't have to fear that they don't have to be troubled. Look what verse 1 says. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Notice he wants you to put your faith in God first, as well as put your faith in him. He says, In my father's house there are many dwelling places, or King James says mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and bring you to myself, that where I am you may be also. He's talking about the messianic age, that as the son of David, he's going to set up his throne and rule and reign as Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords, for a thousand years, and he's preparing a place for us to rule and reign with him. Let's pick up at verse number four. And you know the way to where I am going. In other words, Jesus is on the same way to go to the Father. That's the destination. And he wants his disciples to know the way and to follow the way, meaning follow him because he's walking in the way. He says in verse 4 again, and you know the way to where I am going, meaning Jesus is walking in the same path that he's prepared for his disciples. But it says in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? 
they actually thought this was a real earthly pathway that he was walking, maybe some destination he was going to take them on a journey. Thomas wanted to know, where are you taking us? Where are you going? Verse 6 says, Yeshua said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now remember, the purpose of this podcast is to download ancient Jewish wisdom. It's not to relearn or repackage what you've heard before. It's about getting new revelation. Did you know there's a context to what Jesus is saying in these words? Not only was he answering the question of Thomas, who wanted to know where Jesus was going, even though Jesus told him, you know where I'm going, that I'm going to the Father. In other words, they wanted to see the Father, know the Father. They wanted Jesus to reveal the Father. That's exactly what Jesus came to do. For three and a half years, he was revealing the Father to them in attributes, in instructions, in character, in his compassion and love. Not only the love that God has for us, but the love Jesus had for his disciples and the love he wanted them to have for one another. This is all a part of learning the Father and who he is. He's a loving Father to his children. And the Torah is the instructions of a father to his kids, just like the rabbi would give instructions from the Torah to his students. So this is important to understand this. Now, I want to just go three chapters later to John 17, 1. Again, we're still in this Passover season. Jesus is going to die as the Passover lamb, and he's going to take away the sin of the world. It says in John 17, 1, Yeshua spoke these things. Then lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Watch, this is so powerful. Glorify your son so the son may glorify you. See, Jesus is not being selfish here. Yeshua is saying, glorify me so that I may glorify you. He says in verse 2, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, so may he give eternal life to all those you have given him. Meaning, if I am your son and you've given me people to disciple, and you've given me people to show them the way of eternal life, and you give me authority over them, as their rabbi, as their teacher, as their Messiah, as their Lord. He said, so may he give eternal life to all those you have given him. Meaning Jesus was the one wanting to dispense this eternal life to disciples. He was not just preparing them for three and a half years to only disciple nations. He was trying to use discipleship as a way to teach man to experience eternal life through the sonship that came from his father. And this is what it says in verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. Notice that Jesus is not saying that they may know me, but they may know you first. Then he says, and Yeshua the Messiah, the one you sent. In other words, I'm only sent on assignment to do your will, Father. And I think we forget that the way that Jesus was talking about is a way that came into existence way before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. This is the way that goes all the way back to Abraham. Can I take you back for a minute to learn some ancient Jewish wisdom? In the book of Genesis, God's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And in chapter 18 of Genesis, God is saying, Should I reveal to Abraham what I'm about to do? Verse 18 says, Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, all the nations of the earth will be blessed in him. For I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him. Watch this that they keep the way of the Lord. In Hebrew, that is Haderek Adonai, or Haderek Hashem, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Isn't this beautiful? 
He said Abraham was going to be a father of a multitude of nations, Gentiles. He really was the father of Israel. In fact, to this day, we call God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Elohe Abraham, Elohe Yitzhak, Elohe Yaakov. He is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. He is the God of Israel. He's the God of our forefathers, our ancestors. So this is going to make sense in just a minute when we talk about one of the disciples in the New Testament that we learned about last week. We talked about Gamaliel teaching Saul at his feet or Saul of Tarsus sitting at the feet of Rabbi Gamaliel. And this is important because it's the process of becoming dusty from the dust of the rabbi. That these Torah scholars, we should become dusty from the dust of their feet and drink in their words with thirst. Think about what we read last week. Acts 5.34, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people. He stood in the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish court, and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while, the men that were the followers of the way, There was a big dispute about them. 35 says he addressed the Sanhedrin. He says, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thetis appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All of his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. Verse 37 says, After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in a revolt. He too was killed, and all of his followers were scattered. Verse 38 says, Therefore, in the present case of these followers of the way, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, (laughs) the God of our forefathers, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. God. You see, these followers of the way follow Jesus because he says, I am the way to the Father. I am the truth of the Father. And I am giving you eternal life from the Father. And I want you to know God, but I also want you to know this one he has sent. Yeshua, the Messiah, is the one he sent. Just like he sent Moses to deliver Israel from Egypt, just like he used Joshua, which in Hebrew would be the same as Yeshua, same name as Jesus, he used Joshua to bring him to the promised land and march around Jericho that the walls would fall flat and they cross the Jordan River through him, just like they crossed the Red Sea with Moses. And this is something that God specifically said about trust. Remember what Jesus said, don't be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. It says of Israel that they believed in God and his prophet Moses. If Jesus is a prophet like unto Moses, Maybe Jews today, it's okay if the Jewish community puts their trust in God first, but also believes in the prophet that he sent because he is the Messiah of Israel. And so when you think about this movement and think about Gamaliel, who's actually defending the faith of these followers of the way, we know that Paul gets pulled on trial. Of course, his Hebrew name is Saul, Shaul. And look what it says in Acts 9.1. Now Saul, still breathing out threats and murders against the Lord's disciples. At this point, he's not even a follower yet. It says he went to the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. He requested letters of introduction from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women belonging to the way, come on, 
with a capital W, the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. You see, because these Jews were being persecuted for following Jesus, these followers of the way, remember Gentiles weren't even coming to faith in large quantities yet, except maybe if they were converting to Judaism. But they weren't following Jesus yet until the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, has his heart change in the latter part of Acts 9. This is the beginning of it, where he is not murdering believers, he's actually using murderous threats to bring them in prison to the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, where then they would choose whether they should be released, imprisoned, or given the death penalty. So we see that there is a request he's making to be able to arrest anyone who's a follower of the way. Now, if you read the chapter, Acts chapter 9, you know what happens. Jesus calls him, says, Shaul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He gets knocked off his horse with a big bright light. He calls out and says, Lord, who are you? And he says, I'm Yeshua. I'm Yeshua. I'm the one you've been persecuting. As you're persecuting my followers, my disciples, you're persecuting me. You know what you've done to the least of these? Jesus said you've done to me. If you visit someone in prison, if you do something in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. And this is exactly what's happening here, where if you do something harmful to the disciples of Yeshua, then you're doing something to Yeshua himself. And remember what Gamaliel said, if it's a movement of God, you can't stop it anyway. You'll be fighting against God himself. Now, the eighth verse of Acts 19 says that Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months. Remember, this is 10 chapters later since his conversion. So he enters the synagogue. He boldly speaks for three months. That's a long time to do ministry there. It says, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God, but some of them became obstinate, they refused to believe, and they publicly maligned or spoke evil of the way. Look what Paul does. So Paul left them. He took his disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannius. This was some kind of study hall that you could have an open forum or talk with or bring disciples to. We don't know much about Tyrannius, but we do know it was a place that was safe for him to bring his disciples. Isn't it interesting that this Hebrew of Hebrews, this Pharisee of Pharisees, the very sect of Judaism that the rabbis have their origin in. When you talk about rabbis today, they will trace their lineage back to the Pharisees. So really, if he was a Pharisee himself, he's a rabbi. What's he going to do? He's going to make disciples who then make disciples. That's what Jesus did. He was a rabbi who made disciples who should be also making disciples. And this is one of the things I'm so passionate about. I believe in people following this way of discipleship, the way of the master, the way of the Messiah is the way of a student following a rabbi who then is the way. Now, this is the best way I can explain this. We're going to Israel October 31st through November 9th, 10 days. I can't wait to immerse believers, disciples of mine, in the way of the Lord there in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, in Galilee, and all the places that we're going to visit. Masada, Dead Sea, you name it. We're going to be giving you a full immersion in the promised land as a pilgrimage. But what I want you to understand is when we follow the tour guide, he is the way to each location. He's trying to get you to your destination. Remember what Jesus said? He's praying that they get to their destination in John 17. He's praying that he gets to his destination also because he is following in the way that he wants his disciples to follow in. He's trying to get to the Father. Yes, he's going to have to die. Yes, he's going to resurrect from the dead. And then he's going to ascend to the Father and be with the Father. And this is why Thomas said, well, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> and it's amazing. Even Peter wanted to know, where are you going, Jesus? 
Well, you're going to go this way too, meaning you're going to have to die, Peter. Not yet, but you will have to die before you see your heavenly father. So this idea of having eternal life, the resurrection of dead, that's such a Jewish thing. So to follow in this path, to follow in the way, is what we say about Torah study. When you study the Torah, all of its paths are peace. To walk in the way is to walk in the path laid before you. And who's going to lead you? A teacher, a rabbi. And who are you? You're the disciple that's getting dusty from the dust of the rabbi. Now, think about this. He has his disciples. He's now going to study in this hall of Tyrannus. And this is exactly what we see in his life. Until now, if we keep reading, we find out in verse 10, it says, This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia, Asia Minor, Turkey, in in present-day maps, it says, They heard the word of the Lord. Now, that's chapter 19. If I go another five chapters to chapter 24, I find out that they're accusing Paul of now being this troublemaker. As it says in verse 5, For we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension or confusion among all the Jews throughout the world. He's a ringleader, watch this, of the sect of the Nazarenes. That's another term for these followers of the way, because Jesus was from Nazareth, this town that was associated with the Netzer, the branch, which is also a title for Messiah. Interesting that Jesus grew up in Nazareth. He was called Jesus, Yeshua of Nazareth. And to this day, Orthodox Jews call Christians Notzrim, meaning the Nazarenes. So they were called Nazarenes, but remember, mostly they were called followers of the way. Because in Acts 24.10, it says, When the governor mentioned for him to speak, meaning Paul, because now he's being accused of being this troublemaker, he says, I know that for a number of years you've been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defense. Paul is making his defense that what they're saying about him is not true. Verse 11 says, You can easily verify that no more than 12 years ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Notice he's still an observant Jew going to Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship. He says, My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple, stirring up a crowd in the synagogues, or anywhere else in the city. Meaning, I'm not a troublemaker. I'm trying to just share the good news of Messiah. I'm trying to be a good follower of the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, let's look at verse 13. He says, And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. Verse 14 then tells us the only thing he admits that he's guilty of. He says, However, I admit, I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way. Oh, wow. He is boldly saying he's worshiping the God of our ancestors just like these Jewish rabbis, Pharisees, the Sanhedrin are doing. But he says, I am a follower of the way, which they call a sect. Now, what does this mean? They didn't call it a different religion. They called it a sect of Judaism. Just like the Pharisees are a sect, the Bible tells us the Sadducees were a sect sect of Judaism. There were zealots that were a sect, or even the common people called the the people of the land. Today, it'd be those that live in a kibbutz or the kibbutzim in Israel. Their common people live off the land, build and make things as a community, and they're the simple Israelis that just want to live in peace. And so it's amazing when you see all these sects of Judaism in the first century, the followers of the way or these Nazarenes were just another sect. He said that they call us a sect, meaning they were just saying that we are a sect of Judaism, just like Christians have denominations, Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostals and Mennonites and Grace and Brethren and, you know, all these different groups that identify as believers, as Christians, but they have a different denomination or sect that they follow. So when you talk about these followers of the way, you talk about Paul being a follower of the way, you talk about Gamaliel saying 
don't mess with these followers of the way, because if the movement's of God, you can't stop it anyway, unless you're fighting against God himself. Did you know that this context is not just Abraham, but in current Judaism today, we still use the term that Jesus said, I am Haderic, because it goes back to thoughts of training children. Because if you even read the words of Solomon, King David's son, king of Israel, it says in Proverbs 22, 6, he says, train up a child in the way they should go. It says, when he is old, he will not turn from it or depart from it. Remember, Abraham taught his children to walk in the way of the Lord. Now we should train our children to walk in the way of the Lord. The same way a parent trains a child, a rabbi trains his students or disciples. So before I close today, let me share another context of what it means to be a follower of the way. It goes back to a prayer. It starts, Do you hear that? Translates to, may it be your will, O Lord our God, God of our ancestors. What did Paul say he was guilty of? Worshiping the God of his ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's name is Israel, so he's the God of Israel. And so we see that this prayer goes on to say not only that we're praying to the God of our ancestors, it says that you will lead us, God. You will lead us towards shalom, peace. You will guide our footsteps towards peace, shalom. And that we will be supported in peace or shalom. And to make us reach our desired destination for this life that it would be a life of gladness and peace or shalom. May you rescue us from the hand of every enemy and ambush, from robbers and wild beasts on our road or our trip, and from all manners of punishments that assemble to come to the earth. May you send blessing to all of our handiwork and grant us grace, kindness, and mercy in your eyes and in the eyes of all who see us. It goes on to say, may you, Hear the sound of our humble request, because you are God who hears prayer requests. Blessed are you, O Lord, who hears prayers. Do you know, just like Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he also taught them that God hears prayers. He hears the prayer, what we call here, tefilat haderek, the prayer of the way. That when you're walking in the way, just like the Shema says, Four times a day, you're to study the Torah. It is called the way, right? That when we train our children to learn the Torah, we declare that Shema. Whether you're walking on the way, whether you're returning home after a long day and sitting down with your family to eat, or you rise in the morning for prayer and study of God's word, and when you lay your head down at night again, all of these times, you should be in the way. The way of the Lord, the way of the Master, the way of the Messiah is the way of studying his Torah and of putting in an application. Not only sitting at the feet of a rabbi, like Paul did Gamaliel, or Yeshua did his teachers at the temple in Luke chapter 2, but to walk in the footsteps of the rabbi is not just to learn, but to apply what you've learned. This is a prayer of Haderic. Lord, protect us in the way we're going, that we get to our destination. Just like Yeshua prayed for his disciples, that they would make it to their destination. Just as Thomas questioned Jesus, where are you going, Jesus? That I'm going to my Father. You know the way. We don't know the way. Well, I'm on this way. You should be following me because I am the way. I am the truth. I am your tour guide. I am the one leading you into eternal life. Because remember, Jesus said, the life you gave me to give them, I'm going to give them eternal life because that's what you gave me. 
and I'm going to be faithful to those you have given me. And glorify me so I can glorify you. Because the focus should be trust in God and trust also in me. As Israel believed in God and in his prophet Moses, believers today should believe in God and in his prophet, rabbi, and Messiah, Yeshua. So, as I get ready to close, there's one other thing I want to share with you. A famous rabbi by the name of Moshe Chaim Luzato, born in 1707 in the Jewish ghetto of Padua, the Republic of Venice in Italy. Yes, I said Italian rabbi, just like the one that's talking to you today, an Italian Sicilian rabbi. He wrote a book called Derek Hashem, which means the way of the Lord. It talks about the purpose of creation, the creator, human responsibility, spiritual realms, God's providence, Israel and the nations, the human soul, prophecy, and I love this one, the study of Torah, (laughs) prayer and the function of the mitzvah, or observing God's commandments. And this rabbi that we call Ramchal as an acronym, Moshe Chaim Lusato, he wrote this book called The Way of the Lord. Trust me, this is not only a Jewish context, And when Jesus says, I am the way, Abraham taught his children the way, that Solomon taught us to train our children in the way, and now rabbis like Jesus are teaching their disciples to walk in the way of the Lord, just like Moshe Chaim Lusato. And I want to, as an Italian, Sicilian, Jewish rabbi, tell you the same. It's time for you to walk in the way of the Lord. It's time to become a fully devoted follower, a follower of the way. There is no other way but through discipleship. To become a disciple of Jesus is to become dusty from his feet, drink in his words with thirst, and allow eternal life to be your future destination so that you will know the way to your Father. When Jesus said, I am the way, he was trying to lead you to where he was going, to the Father. And if I go to the Father, I will come back and prepare a place for you. In other words, I will set up the messianic kingdom where we will rule and reign forever. In the meantime, make many disciples. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're making disciples who can make disciples. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, episode number 12, what it means to be a follower of the way. And we can't wait for you to join us again. Share this with friends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or what they call now X. And uh, Rabbi underscore Brian is my handle that you can look me up and continue to send me messages and questions that you have. I've enjoyed this one today. And I truly pray that you will be a follower of the way because there is no other way but this way Jesus led us and he continues to lead us if we become his disciple. See you soon. Shalom. Lahitrot. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, follow us for more episodes as you rate and review the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dust of the Rabbi podcast with Rabbi Brian Baruch Belechi. Shalom. Lehitrot, see you next time.